let's stand together and give him another praise offering. Let's bless the Lord. Let's enjoy him today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, my Father. Well, I know you brought a Bible with you. Amen. I want you to go ahead and grab that if you would, or whatever device that you're using. Amen. Thousands of years ago, they would open up the scroll and read the Bible. And today, we do the same thing. We scroll. Hallelujah. <laughs> Nothing new under the sun. Nothing's <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. I want you just to hold on to that word and just lift up the other hand to the Lord today. And let's just uh, prepare our hearts just to receive the awful powerful truth that Rodney shared about California. Seed was perfect. There was nothing wrong with it. It's the ground. And it's the circumstances around the ground that makes all the difference in the world. So, Father, we just thank you today in Jesus' name, Lord. We want hearts that are open. We want the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We want to understand how to operate, Lord, in supernatural increase. And, Lord, the connection between that and believing you. We just thank you today that you're ministering to us. Things are exploding on the inside of our hearts and lives today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. So we praise you in advance of it, Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's do that right now. Let's praise him for it. Praise him for the seed. Praise him for the good news. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and honor and glory today. Amen. Now turn to somebody and say, God is up to something in your life. Come on, tell somebody else, God is up to something in your life. And it's good. It's good. He's not up to bad. He's up to good. Glory to God. So hold that Bible up in the air. Wave it around. Make the devil nervous. And shout out loud and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Amen. Do you believe that? What's going to happen today? Today I've been taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'll never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. I can tell you something. As long as you have Word seed going in, you're never without hope. Glory to God. Well, I want you to uh, find in the Word, uh, Mark chapter 10, we'll be spending some time there today. But I want to begin just encouraging you to understand that there are factors that affect us in our supernatural increase. And so far we've talked about walking in the truth. We've talked about the importance of faithfulness and diligence. We've talked about the importance of tithing and sowing. And uh, this morning we're going to kind of segue into understanding the connection between believing God and also supernatural increase. Hebrews 11, chapter 1 tells us, uh, Hebrews 11, verse 6 tells us it's impossible to please God without what? No faith. You can't please him. In Hebrews 6, 12, the scripture tells us, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. How do we access it? By faith. And my patience. Now, oftentimes when we're talking about the principles of faith, we'll point out the importance of faith as the power to when connected to faith. But let's not discount. It's going to require faith to receive. And if you've noticed out there, not everybody's pulling for you. Not every voice is cheering you on. That's why it's so important for us to spend the time in the Word of God to find the mind of God about these matters. Believing is the sixth increase factor, and it's critical for tapping into the supernatural. In fact, if you want to tap into the supernatural in any area of your life, it's going to require believing God. It's going to require your faith. And believing for this series, I just want you to have a simple definition, simply means the decision to go with God whenever it contradicts your thoughts, your experiences, or previous teaching. It doesn't matter what you were taught before. It doesn't matter what your experiences are. It doesn't matter what your feelings are. Believing is the decision, regardless of circumstances, to go with God in what his word says. 
Any of us at any given day could just sit down on the Word and say, you know what, I'm going to start believing what I see and hear and feel. I'm going to start believing the circumstances around me. I'm going to believe that old dead religion that was taught me when I was a kid. And then you make up your mind and say, you know what, I'm going to go with what God has said on these matters. Why is that important? It's important because we're living in a day right now where the Word of God is being marginalized like I've, I've never seen before. We have not just people in the world, but people in pulpits telling us that the Bible is not the Word of God. I want to remind you that the Word of God is eternal. Yes. Heaven and earth will pass away, but what, what won't pass away? His Word will not pass away. And what does that tell you? It tells you that it's infallible. It tells you that it's inerrant. And if you're going to build your life on anything, build it on the Word of God. But if you take the Word of God out of the equation, then you have nothing to stand on. You have nothing to base your belief on. You're done. And it's pretty insidious when you think about it. We've been hearing this in, in classrooms in college. We've been hearing this, you know, from the media. We've been hearing this in entertainment telling us that what we believe is wrong. Our morality is wrong. And if they can't convince us it's wrong, they start calling us bigots and hate mongers because we stick to the Word of God. Can I tell you something? It's all designed to get you to move off the Word of God. Because if you don't have the Word, you can't possibly believe God. You can't have faith without the Word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? By the Word. And the Scripture tells us that we build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's it. Those two parameters, how we build and, and develop our faith. But this world would like you to throw the Word of God down. For you to become judge over the Word instead of the Word being judge over you. Judge over you. Now, I can understand the world doing that. When I hear pastors from Nashville to Seattle to Florida telling congregations the Word of God is not what you've been taught all your lives, that's a lie from the pit of hell. So when I say believing God, you have to start with a conviction that the Word of God is literally breathed by God, and it is my rule for faith and for conduct, and it is inerrant, and it is infallible, and absolutely what God has prophesied is coming to pass, and the promises are yes and they're amen. And you live by that conviction. And I promise you this, no matter what you hear going on out there, your life will always be stable. You'll be increasing. But you have to make the you know, fundamental decision, I'm going to go with God and go with the Word. Yes, you've had experiences. Yes, you've been taught things. Yes, you have your own thoughts. And the enemy works against your thought life. But the, the key to this is making the quality decision. I'm going to go with the word of God. Say that with me. I'm sticking to what God said. Nobody else. No other influence. And I'd like to tell you that's going to get better. But listen, it's not going to get better. The push against the things of God is not going to decrease. The enemy knows his days are numbered. And those that serve him are just as nervous. But like Paul said, none of these things moved us. Amen. So say it with me. I make the decision right here and now. Though nobody else goes with me. I'm putting the word of God first place and final authority. That's right. I'm one of those wacko Bible-believing people. We're living in that day right now. And yet I think about scriptures like in Mark 5, 36, when Jairus' daughter had died, and all these voices came. Don't trouble the master anymore. There's nothing that can be done. And here came the whalers and their family members and then the professional whalers who were paid to make a big stink of things. You know what Jesus said? He said, hey, hey, Jairus, hey, look at me. Focus on me. Look at the living word. And he put everybody else out. He told him, don't fear, only believe. You want to know what the key to your issue is? Only believe. But you'll never get there as long as your focus is on the mourners and the problem and the circumstances and all the people out there telling you, don't bother him. He doesn't care about the stuff like that. I tell you, it just, it just grates all over me when I hear one Christian tell another Christian, well, you don't have the right to believe God for that. You have the right to believe God for anything that's in that book. 
Don't ever let somebody else push you off the promises because they're tired or they've gotten lazy or they've compromised. You hold on to the word of God. Powerful words. He said only believe. We have a choice in every single situation in life. Believe them or believe him. How many are going to raise your hands? So I'm going to go with him. Amen. Why is this so critical? It doesn't do us any good to walk in truth, to be faithful, to maintain diligence, to tithe, and to sow if we don't believe that God is a God of increase. It does us no good to believe that we're going to do all these things, and yet we don't believe that in doing them, honoring God, he's going to increase us. We simply must believe. And if you're going through a tough time or a tough patch, it's real easy, and there have been setbacks or things that didn't go your way or things that have come against you, to look at that and think that, well, maybe God's not going to come through. I'm here to remind you, God always comes through. I said he always comes through, and he's going to come through in your situation if you maintain your believing. So I agree with what Rodney has said and picked up in the spirit. This is your time. I said, this is your time. God has something for you. And that's why the devil will do everything he can to push you out of that place of believing God and faith right at the moment where great things are happening. Amen. I think about this principle, I think about Bill and Rhonda, and I think about him having a stroke a couple of years ago. I'm going to tell you something. The devil is going to rue the day that he messed with Bill in his life. Amen. Amen. And, that, and that caused all kinds of issues, you know, from health issues to scheduling issues to family issues to financial issues. Um, the pastor, I'm giving you generalities, not specifics, but I will tell you this. It was, you know, in Rhonda's heart to get back into a, to a home and a house. They're believing God for a house. And when they finally began to go out there and look and God had put them in a position to do just that, um, she couldn't find anything that she really liked. And how many understand by find something, I mean, it doesn't make any difference what Bill thinks. It's all about what Rhonda thinks. So guys, if you're, if you're confused about that, just... And I'm telling you what, the Spirit of the Lord came on me, just a very brief moment, and I turned around at Rhonda. You remember this, Rhonda? I said, God has got something hidden for you. What I didn't know was a few weeks later is the house hadn't even hit the market yet. When another member told them about the house, they made an offer. The offer was accepted, and they're living in that home right now for the glory of God. Amen. Praise God. Now, why do I point that out? Because God has an awful lot of things hidden and untouchable by the enemy. And when we see a breakthrough like that, we should celebrate for one another. Amen? Enjoy what God is doing in our lives, but also enjoy what God is doing in their lives. It can look like absolutely nothing is moving. But he always comes through. He always came through for Israel. He will always come through for his people today. I can't see how. I don't know how he's going to do this. It's not about what you see. It's about what he knows. Your job, walk in the truth. Your job, faithfulness. Your job, diligence. Your job, tithe. Your job, sow. Your job, believe. His job is breakthrough. But what a terrible thing it would be to be doing all of these things and honoring God and then let the devil just stomp the faith right out of you at the last minute. I mean, turn to somebody and say, oh, no, it's not happening to me. Come on, say it. I'm taking everything God has for me in Jesus' name. I want you just to, to think about this in broad terms. I want to talk about that story of Mark chapter 10 in just a moment. But you need to believe you're supposed to increase. Now watch this. There's a great opportunity for a religion to come up and bite you. God doesn't care about your natural increase. He doesn't care about material things. He doesn't care about that stuff. Can I tell you something? God cares about everything. Body, soul, and spirit. Anything that you would produce with seed time, anything you would harvest, he cares about. 
In Psalm 115, I'm going to read from verse 12 through about 15. This is from the King James. The Lord hath been mindful of us, and he will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the house of Aaron. He'll bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Say that the Lord shall increase me more and more. He goes on to say, you are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. And I think about that, and if God can make heaven and earth, then God can make a way for me. Do you believe that today? God can do something to turn that thing around. Hallelujah. He is mindful of us. Phenomenal. Our well-being is on God's mind. Your well-being is on God's mind. Where's God in all this? God's got you on his mind. That tells me that if I'm on his mind, I'm also subject to his goodness. Hallelujah. It says God blesses covenant people. Say, I'm a covenant person. Raise your hand if you have met the Lord, you've given your life to Christ. Raise your hand up high. You're a covenant person. This scripture is for you. Covenant people are supposed to increase. And you're walking in the truth, and you're being faithful and diligent and tithing and sowing. You're believing God now what the scripture says. Here's the deal. You should be increasing all the more. Tithers' rights and sowers' promises. They belong to you. Come on, say it with me. Tithers' rights and sowers' promises. Lift up one hand and say, Tithers' rights and sowers' promises. Now praise the Lord. Now watch this. You can read all these promises and hear great messages on it, but you have to believe that he wills that you would increase and not apologize for what God is doing. Amen. It says he blesses those who fear him. That simply means you honor him enough to do what he tells you to do. You honor him enough to obey him. That's what fear of the Lord actually means. He can always tell if we really honor him or not because we end up doing what he wants. Amen. The scripture tells us that God increases us more and more. There's no stopping point. Our increase is to be continual. Amen. As God made the heavens and the earth, he'll make you increase. Make you. I don't know if I want to be. He'll make you. He'll make you increase more and more. God's system of seed time and harvest is eternal and the pathway to supernatural increase. If we won't believe in the principle, we won't do the principle. And yet, Genesis 8.22 tells us, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, uh, night and day shall not cease. Hallelujah. Another scripture I want to read to you comes from Proverbs chapter 11. Listen to this. Not only do you need to believe that you're supposed to increase. Come on, say it boldly. I'm supposed to increase. Okay, say it like you believe it. I'm supposed to increase. You're also in a position where you should believe that sowing is a lifestyle and not an isolated act. Now we're getting down to not just talking about it, but what we actually, by conviction, believe. We are supposed to increase. Say it like this. I'm supposed to be blessed. Say it again, I'm supposed to be blessed. Say it, I am blessed. I will be blessed on this earth and throughout eternity. You're supposed to increase. But you also need to believe that sowing is a lifestyle and not an isolated act. Say it's a lifestyle. I, I do like the way the King James renders this, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. But the scripture says, There is that scattereth. It's not the th that I enjoy. 
There is he that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. Basically, it says this, one person gives freely that gains even more, another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. In other words, scattereth is the same connotation as the principle of seed time and harvest. This is nothing new. It doesn't begin in Mark chapter 4. This is the context and this is the backdrop of the entirety of the Word of God, not because it was agrarian based, but because it is an eternal principle. That it is not to be, you know, a scatter shot once in a while, it's a lifestyle. And scattereth means in the original language that it is ongoing. I scatter and I scatter and I scatter. That's how I live. Say it like this I live to give. This means perpetual and ongoing, living to give, looking for opportunities to give, dispersing and distributing continually and consistently, not sporadic. If you can change one thing in your life, if you're not doing this right now, out of all the things we've talked about, the factors, if you could stop being a sporadic tither and a sporadic sower, your whole life is going to change. I'm preaching better than you are staring at me right now. If you could knock that off and get a hold of this verse and be a perpetual scatterer, everything would change in your life. If the scattering is perpetual, then the increasing will be too. They're directly connected. That means that every offering time, Every time God speaks to your heart to do something is an opportunity to increase. It's not a bad thing. To be a generous person is not a bad thing. It's not people taking advantage of you. It's the Lord directing you. And I, I tell you stories about this, not because, you know, look at, look at so-and-so, aren't they great? Or look at me, aren't I great? That's not the point. The, the principles need to be supported and illustrated so you'll get a hold of this thing. But, you know, recently Kelly and I were in, uh, in St. Louis, and we're eating at this restaurant, you know, in the West County area. And, uh, you know, our, our server, we didn't volunteer this, um, but he volunteered it, that he was, he was married to some dude, or he's engaged with some dude, and they eventually broke up. And, and, you know, Kelly being Kelly always has a sower's heart. She blessed this fella big time. And I'm telling you what, I thought he was going to hug our necks off. <laughs> the seed was not in approval of the lifestyle. The seed was in love and compassion in the name of Jesus Christ. What people need to see is that we're not a bunch of idiots. We don't have to approve of somebody's lifestyle to shed abroad the love of God. You know what's going to happen with that guy? He's getting saved in Jesus' name. I said he's getting saved in Jesus' name. He's coming into the kingdom in Jesus' name. And that's what you want to be as a, as, a, as a believer, just looking for opportunities. You say, well, I always don't have it to give. The Bible says he gives seed to the sower. If you'll make that jump in your thinking, you'll always have seed to sow. Yes, amen? Consistent sowing. If you don't get anything else out of this entire series, you write this down and you get this deep into your spirit. Consistent sowing is the key to supernatural increase. Like Ecclesiastes, sow your seed in the morning, at night, don't let your hands be idle. And you're as constantly as a lifestyle. You're sowing your treasure. You're sowing your time. You're sowing your compassion. You're sowing the things God has given to you. And it's going to produce great increase in your life. How many you like to see it come in on every wave? This is the key. Not sporadic, but consistency. Not every once in a while, but a lifestyle. Pastor, does it really work? It's amazing and supernatural. Yes, it really does work. Are you still here? Look at somebody and say, I'm so glad I came today. Come on, confess it boldly. I'll never be the same. 
Um, I don't know how many messages I had to hear personally to, to really get a hold of this, but years ago when we did, uh, it was like a light bulb went off and everything changed. And I've watched through the years. Yes, tithing is the foundation. Say tithing is the foundation. But it's sowing seeds at God's direction, so many times breakthroughs have come. So many times open doors have come. So many times things that we couldn't possibly work out in the natural have come because God honored that spirit of the sower because really it's honor for him. Amen. So don't let the devil discourage you during this time. Don't let him talk you out of being a blessing to people. Don't let him talk you out of his methodology for supernatural increase. Hallelujah. The Lord began to talk to me about sowers in the past couple of weeks. I've seen this in my own life, and you probably have too. But sowers will always have the favor of God. Always. And remember what favor is. The blessing is the power, but the favor is the opportunity, the open door. Amen. The green light. Sowers will always have favor. Here's the problem, and here's where I need to caution you. It may not come where it should come from. And it may not come from where you think it should come from. But it will always come. Why? Because God is a God of justice, and he never forgets a seed sown. And if you're not careful, you think, well, I'm sowing, so I expect favor from this particular direction. It may not happen that way because not everybody listens to God like you do. But it's going to come. The past several years, I have seen favor come out of left field, and I'm asking God, what's that all about? It's about seeds that he never forgets sown. Some of you have forgot about stuff that you have sown, things you've done for people, your lives you poured into them with your time, with your talent, with your treasure. God never forgets a seed sown. Don't you throw that down. You get back on your faith and say, you know what? I, I might be able to tell where God is going to send the favor from. It may not be where I think it should be from, but he always sends his favor in response to sowing. Anybody here with a hand uplifted say, I could use some favor, the favor of God? Start putting a demand on those things. Maybe they're years old, even decades old, and expect the favor of God to come. But don't make the mistake of trying to dictate where it's going to come from. All that'll do is frustrate you. <laughs> I do this at a great risk to my health and to my relationship. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what. My daughter-in-law is one sharp cookie. And performed in the county system here exceptionally well. And yet, did not receive favor from this county. So it's to receive favor from a different county. And this is for you. It's a perfect example how you don't always get favor from where you should. But you'll get it. And I tell you what, they love her in that county. Amen. And you're just going to keep going up, 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 up. Hallelujah. Everybody say up, 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 up. So see, if you're not careful, you think, well, there's something wrong with me. No, let me help you out here. Sometimes something wrong with somebody else. Some kind, sometimes they're goofy, wacky, and daffy. There's nothing wrong with you. But your job is to sow and keep that faith out there. It's coming from somewhere. Come on, turn to somebody and say, your favor is coming from somewhere. You can't stop that. That's a God thing. Do you see this? Go to Mark 10. If I'm helping you, but I just can't wait to sow again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. When you found Mark 10, say a good amen. amen. Say again, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. 
I hear it in the spirit. This is going to be a week of unprecedented favor for people in this church. Can you take it? I want to say it, a week of unprecedented favor. God didn't forget about you. I said God didn't forget about you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Trying to separate you from confidence and love of God. Don't fall for it. Mark chapter 10. Have you found it? And uh, about verse 17, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor. Look at somebody say, he was a rich young ruler. And give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad. Say it with me, sad. Because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. uh, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter said to him, we have left everything to follow you. Do you know why this is significant? Because Peter and his companions were very successful commercial fishermen. They're identifying themselves as people of means. And Jesus is telling them as disciples, it's hard for people like you to get into the kingdom of God. You think about the disciples as these people, this little ragtag gang that had nothing, but that's not the case. Same thing with Matthew, the one who was the tax collector. These people had to understand something that it's trading in your ways for God's ways. The kingdom of God, God's ways of being and doing right for your own ways and trusting the things you used to trust. That's the key. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. We've left everything to follow you. Now listen very carefully. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied. I ask you a question here, church. Did Jesus just say that? I tell you the truth. Then whatever follows this scripture is what? True. Say it with me. It is true. No one who has lived home, their brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much. In this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mother, children, and fields, and with them, what? Persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and last first. That field comment represents their economy. It represents their substance. It represents their means of increase. And here's what you need to understand. The prophecy here, the declaration is given by Jesus himself. I mean, Jesus has the right to say what he wants to say. And what does he say? He says what he hears the Father say. And he only does what the Father has has shown him what to do. What's the point here? In this life, sowers get a hundredfold. And in the life to come, eternal life. Now, we either believe or we don't believe. We either can accept that or not accept that. But let me give you a tip here. Don't you try to talk somebody else out of it who has believed, accepted, and walked in it. I personally have seen that happen in our lives, and I want to see more of God's grace and glory in that area. The point is, he's able to supernaturally increase every kind of seed. 
Time, talent, and treasure invested in the kingdom of God, investing in people comes back with relational benefits and, and connections you can never dream of on this planet, not just the one to come. Amen? There comes a time where you just say, you know what, I'm just going to read the Bible and believe what it says. I say, I'm going to read it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to manifest it. Because it's the word of God. This is Jesus talking. Well, I don't know about a hundredfold. Well, then you don't believe Jesus. This is the whole point of this message. Okay, so you're walking in the truth. Okay, so you've been faithful. Okay, so you're diligent. Great that you're a tither and a sower. But if you don't believe what he says about the favor and the harvesting, you're not going to see the supernatural increase. Which is the whole point of this series. There's a man that um, came to Oral Roberts back when he lived in a rented shanty. This is before the ministry took off, before the Bible college and school and medical center was raised up. He um, was just starting out. And back in those days, he was shepherding a few people. And, and uh, this farmer had this severe problem in terms of him playing the stock market and things didn't go very well for him. He's like, what am I going to do? And literally, this is what God put in his heart to do. He had a little bell jar buried out by a tree and he took that jar and he plucked it up and inside of that jar were four brand new $100 bills. And in the middle of the night, literally, he went over, he felt this is what I need to do. I need to sow this. This is God speaking to this man about this principle that's very, very biblical. And he shows up knocking on the door and he gave this to him. He says, you know what? I'm about to go under. I need to see the power of God in my situation, in my family, in my health, in our farm, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Would you accept this into the ministry as, as a seed? And right then and there, the revelation exploded in the life of Oral Roberts. And everything that remains of that ministry, the thousands who were healed, the thousands that were saved came from a moment are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It lines up perfectly with the teachings of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And he did that act. And what happened was he received that. And his wife didn't believe they were ever going to get out of that old dog house. So Or Roberts took those $400 bills and just flapped them in her face just like that. <laughs> Here's what the Lord did. What's the point? Could you imagine what that man's harvest was? That's the first donor of record in that ministry. As Jesus watched the woman give the two mites at the treasury, I promise you he saw it that day. And as blessed as the ministry was, as many that were healed supernaturally, and in fact, the truth of that matter is, that man had supernatural turnaround and became more wealthy and prosperous and victorious than he'd ever been. What's the key? You got to believe. Ah, face stuff doesn't work. I tried that face stuff. It doesn't work. No, faith tried you and you don't work. Hang in there. Do you know the story's not over yet? This scripture tells us that believing is required for supernatural increase. Watch this. Jesus looked at him and loved him. I mean, no, he looks at us and loves us today. He said, there's one thing you lack. What was that? Faith. This young man proves that you can have legalistic righteousness. You can keep all the laws and keep all the commands and not believe God. And just like that, he was able to discern and show him what to do that would take him over into the realm of believing God. And unfortunately, it didn't respond the way that God would want us to today in whatever he says for us to do. What was the one thing? He had religion, but he didn't have faith. This country is filled with people with religion, but not faith. And it's not religion that produces the rich young ruler proves you can be pious, religious, keep all the rules, and be completely lacking in faith, which is how we come to him, how we please him, and how we receive from him.
Without religion, it's impossible to please him? No. no, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Through religion and patience, we what? We inherit the promises? No, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Now watch this. Here are five principles for, for you today about believing God. Number one, believing will control your emotions. This man went away sad. If God's command to you results in you being mad, sad, upset, you're not in faith. Believing will control your emotions. A lot of people are completely controlled by their emotions. Why? Because they're not operating in faith. They're not believing God. They're operating in fear. They're operating in some kind of pushback from the enemy. And it's driving them crazy, basically. Unbelief will yield to your emotions every time. Whatever you feel, that's what you'll listen to. Number two, believing will keep you listening. Could you imagine if this young man had stayed a while, just a little longer? Some of y'all are thinking, is this series ever going to end? Stay in there, amen. You may just miss something powerful the last couple of messages, so hang in there. Could you imagine if he just hung around a little longer? to hear about the hundredfold. But because he was not in a place of believing, he stopped listening. Unbelief will always stop up your ears. People do it in church all the time. I could point you out right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but people literally do this. They pull a Pharisee when Stephen was preaching to them. They didn't want to hear. They stopped up their ears because they weren't believing God. But when you're believing, you want to hear the rest of the story. Yes. Believing will keep you listening. It'll keep you engaged for part 45. A supernatural increase. Faith comes by hearing, doesn't it? Yes. And hearing by the word of God. Believing will control your emotions. Is that important? Yes, because God tells you to sow significant seed. You can't get fearful or mad or upset or get into worry about it. If you're believing God, that's not going to happen. Believing will keep you listening. If we're going to be perpetual sower, it's going to have perpetual faith. Amen. Number three, believing will stop you from walking out on your destiny. This man went away. What he had given up was an apostolic ministry to follow the Lord. Hallelujah. Unbelief will push you every time to walk away. Number five, believing will keep you sowing. Do what he says, sell and give, but unbelief will stop you from sowing or it will be sporadic. This month I got supercharged, so I decided to tithe and believe God and sow. The next six months has been terrible, so I decided that I'm just going to wait it out. No, what you need to do is be consistent, don't be sporadic. But you can't do that unless you operate in faith. You can't do that unless you're actually believing God. Recently, a friend of mine from high school had, had asked to be my friend on Facebook, hadn't heard of seeing him since 1982. His dad, however, was uh, the head swim coach for SIU in Carbondale, and we used to train with him quite a bit, especially in the summer and at Christmas time. And uh, I was probably real little tyke. I was probably eight years old. We were in the basement of the YMCA in Carbondale, Illinois, and he came in as a, as a guest speaker and kind of a guest coach to inspire the kids. And he walks in the door. He's, this is the guy that went on to be the director of Justin Aquatic Center in Colorado Springs. He's part of the, the training center there for U.S. Olympic athletes, et cetera, et cetera, very accomplished. But there I was, eight years old, and he walks in the door, and he says these words. He says, you know, there are two kinds of people in the world. He said, they're givers and they're takers. He said, the givers are going to show up early to practice, bring out the equipment and put out the lane lines in the pool and wait until afterwards to help put them back. 
The takers will come in late, help with nothing, give nothing, be the first ones out the door. He said there are two kinds of people in life, givers and takers. He said that was true in every realm of life. Your job and my job is to be a what? To be a giver and not a taker. Let me say it another way. It's not your job always to be the patient. It's time for you to be the physician. You walk into an environment thinking, how can I help, not how can I be helped? You walk into an environment thinking, how can I give, not somebody give to me? Hallelujah. Say it, I'm a giver, not a taker. Believing will keep you sowing. It'll get you out there and do exactly what the Lord told you to do. Now, we, you are aware today that he hasn't told you to go out and sell everything you have. But he does have specific commands for all of us. And that's the key. Here's his fifth principle. Believing will cause you to follow him. Believing will cause you to follow him. This key is often missed. This man not only walked away, but he failed to follow him. Follow the Lord. Why is that important? We know and we have learned and we understand that the Bible teaches us plainly that we prosper as our what? As our soul prospers. I pray above all things, the apostle said, that thou mayest what? Prosper and be in health even as your soul is prospering. He walks away from the one relationship and the one connection point that would cause a soul to prosper. All because he was not believing God at that moment. Unbelief will cause you to follow your own way instead of God's ways. And yet the scripture should loom large in your thinking today. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what? All these other things will be added unto you as well. Say it one more time. I'm a giver. I'm not a taker. What does this tell us? You could be filled with faith right now so that you're walking in the truth by faith, being faithful by faith, being diligent by faith. You're actually tithing by faith and sowing by faith. And now you're actually expecting and believing God for favor by faith because you believe God. Or you could just be in this realm where you're religious and ornamental and nothing much is happening in terms of life. You can't actually harvest if you're not actually in a mode of believing God. Well, Pastor, what do I do about that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Well, that person said, you know, the word of God is not really the word of God. The Bible has been maimed by man and manipulated by man. I can't have confidence in that. That's going to be your ruin right there. Because faith comes by, by hearing. Amen. Now I'm in a room with people that are going to experience extraordinary favor. The devil's done everything he can to talk you out of what God has for you. The devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. You know that when he opens his mouth, it's a lie. Hallelujah. Watch this. When he opens up his mouth, it's what? It's a lie. And the devil says, you're not going to get healed. You're going to die. He probably tried that on you, didn't he, Ruth? And yet she sits here. Huh? Do you know what the devil just told you? He told you you're not getting healed. And every time he opens up his mouth, it's a lie. So what did he just tell you? The devil just agreed with you that you're going to get healed. You will never get out of that addiction. I'm going to control you all the days of your life, the devil says. When he opens up his mouth, he lies. What did he just say to you? You're going free. I love it when the devil agrees with the word. But you have to have the perception to see how this works. He never, ever tells the truth. He always perverts it some way, some manner, somehow. Amen. 
You'll never get out of that financial mess. What'd you say, devil? I said, you'll never get out of that financial mess. What'd you say? You will never get out of that financial mess. The devil's mouth is moving, so therefore he's lying. So what he really just said to you was, you will get out of this financial mess. Do you know how much it'll freak the devil out if you praise God over God's word? You start praising God over what the devil said? You remember those old pinball machines? Tilt. He won't know what to do with you. Amen. You'll never be anything. You'll never do anything with your life. You're a second-class citizen. What'd you say? I said you'll never be anything. You'll never do anything. If his mouth is moving, he's lying. What you just told me was, God's going to do great things with my life. Wonderful things with my life. Devil, do you have anything else to say? There's going to come a time where he just stops talking to you. He's going to go, I'm done with you. But you know what? Only a person who's been cultivating faith can respond that way. When you've not been cultivating faith, you believe everything that dirty dog says. You said this, you're a liar. Therefore, I'm going to get the opposite of what you said. Say it with me. I am healed. I am delivered. I am increasing. I am out of that mess. I am going to make a difference. God has great plans for me. Favor always comes. Come on, say, favor always comes. Favor always follows the sower. Yes, it does. Amen. And um, it doesn't always come from where it should come from. It doesn't always come from where you think it should come from. But it always comes. Now this Bible tells me that God confirms his word with signs following. Everybody in this room is different. Everybody is at a different place. One thing you have in common are these principles you've been keeping. But the need for favor is in different avenues of life you be expecting to see the favor of God in your life. Amen. Doors that man can't close. Opportunities that the devil can't mess up. Breakthroughs that no one can explain but God. Amen. If you receive that, give him a big hand clap. Come on, if you really receive that. 